This is a Color Pencil Podcast, session number 50. And by 50, I mean 50. That's five zero, 50 sessions. Lisa and I are marking this as our one-year anniversary. Now, next month is the official uh, one-year anniversary that we launched the podcast. Now, that is cause for celebration. All right, so I've got a few announcements to make. First is, if you go over to iTunes and you leave the Color Pencil Podcast a review and a rating for today, and for those of you who have ever left one in the past, and then you email us, podcast at sharpenedartist.com, or you can email me directly, john at sharpenedartist.com. Lisa has an offer. She is going to give you a two-hour-long color pencil video absolutely free. So the next thing to announce, as many of you know, I've been working on the Beginner's Color Pencil Course, and that's inside the Sharpened Artist Academy. Now, I'm really thrilled to announce that in only a few short weeks, May 20th, 2016, the first course in the Sharpened Artist Academy will launch. So what this means for you is I decided to go ahead and offer a pre-sale. I'm going to offer this for a ridiculous price before the Sharpened Artist Academy is ever open. Right now, what I'm offering is you're not going to pay $30 per month. Instead, for anyone who signs up in the pre-sale for the Beginner's Color Pencil Course, you can get it for only $7 per month. It will never be that price again, ever. Okay, so John, what do I have to do? Well, this is the really fun part. You don't have to do anything but go over to sharpenedartist.com, click the link in the show notes. It'll be in the show notes if you want to click the link over there. Or you can just click on the homepage on sharpenedartist.com, click on learning, the link learning, and it'll put you right into the Sharpened Artist Academy. You can sign up and you can purchase the course for seven bucks. That's it. Okay, now because I'm completely insane, I'm offering something else. I'm offering today, only for today. If you go into iTunes and you leave a rating and a review for the Color Pencil Podcast, and then you email me back your ID, your iTunes ID, so that I can go in there and I can verify uh, the rating and review, here's what I'm going to do. I know this will sound crazy, but I am going to give away... A lifetime, unlimited access to every course that we will ever offer inside the Sharpened Artist Academy to you. Absolutely free, no charge ever for life. This is not for everybody, and I don't work for iTunes or Apple. I cannot troubleshoot and figure out why your computer isn't working or why iTunes software isn't working. But trust me, I know it's it's a pain. I. I've been, I know that, um, I understand that, but this isn't for everyone. This is for action takers, someone who is going to uh, take the time, figure this out and who really wants this enough to trouble through it and to problem solve. But you have to email me back today. You have to take this action today. Tomorrow, uh, it won't be available and this will never be available again. I will never offer a lifetime unlimited access to every course inside the Sharpened Artists Academy for free. Well, thanks very much, guys, for listening. Thanks for sticking with us. 
and for listening to the show for one year. Today, we're talking about Stonehenge paper, so enjoy the show. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a colored pencil podcast where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your hosts, Lisa Clow and John Middick. Hello, my name is John Middick, and I am joined by my co-host, Lisa Clow of Lockery Fine Art. What's up, Lisa? Salmon and smoke. Salmon and smoke. That's exactly what I expected you to say. <laughs> I'm having some drama right now with a new smoker and trying to smoke some salmon, and it oh. has been in there for like eight hours, and I'm apparently doing it wrong. Wow. So unexpected. So- I, you know, I was going to greet you in uh, Mandarin, but okay, we'll skip that too. <laughs> This is a show about the art of colored pencil where we discuss tips, techniques, shortcuts, and all the nitty-gritty of this medium that we love so much. What are we talking about today, Lisa? We are talking about Stonehenge paper. I love this paper. Um, This is pretty much the only paper that I use mostly. I test on other paper, and I try to like other paper, but this this one's so great. So I want to give just a, a brief little history so we got some tea to stir there, Lisa? Or? Um, I actually should probably Anything just go like check it? on the salmon again. Yeah, set your <laughs> alarm too, you know, wake up from your nap. All right. So anyway, the uh, paper was created by Legion Paper, legionpaper.com. They created it back in 1972, and it was specifically designed for the printmaking community. But what's interesting about it is it has been adopted by colored pencil artists. And they even mention on their uh, homepage there under the description of Stonehenge that this paper is the choice of many members of the Colored Pencil Society of America. The thing that's nice about it is the ability that it has to hold up to many, many layers of colored pencil. Yes. It's an excellent silkscreen paper and has the ability to take uh, as many as 50 to 75 different colors printed at one time. You know, the the durability of this paper is one thing that I really love about it. And I also like its sort of velvety uh, texture as well. Okay, so it comes in a variety of uh, different sizes and colors. uh, And I would say finishes, although they don't really specifically address that on their website, Lisa. No, Um, and I talked to somebody about that. And Mm -hmm. actually, I talked to somebody who talked to them about that. And basically... Well, I know a guy who knows a guy. Yeah, I know a lady (laughs) who knows a guy. But what they found out was that the, the paper that was produced in the pads was made at a different location or on different machines than the one produced individually. or And it's not supposed to be mm-hmm. different from what it sounds like. Than the like. single sheets. Yeah. Okay, they try well, to tell we people should, that it's the same, but okay, it's not. Maybe we should tell everybody kind of what we're talking about. Okay. So if you buy, I found this out on accident. When I wanted to try Stonehenge to do a review, I bought the pad of paper. I got it on mm-hmm. Amazon. It was really inexpensive and yay, going to try new paper. And a friend of mine saw my post about that and contacted me. And she's like, you're not going to like that. It's going to be too smooth. It's too much like like Bristol vellum. 
you're going to want to get the individual sheet if you really want to try the Stonehenge. I'm like, all right, fine. So she actually sent me quite a few sheets to test out of what she had. And she wasn't kidding. When you compare them side by side, there's it's a minor difference. It's not something that it's huge and you go, oh my gosh, this isn't even close to the same. They're close, but for colored pencil, when we want to do a lot of layering, too smooth can be an issue depending on the technique that we're using. So with the individual sheets, that one, I was able to get more layers, whereas the one sold in the pad of paper, which has more of a Bristol vellum feel to me, that one I really, really like for graphite, but not for colored pencil. It's just, I couldn't get the color saturation. I couldn't get as many layers on that one. Okay. And what is that one? That's the one that's sold in the pad of paper, the Stonehenge okay. sold in the pad versus the Stonehenge sold in individual sheets. Mm-hmm. Well, I've, you know, I've tried it um, in in both. I, I have both. I have both pads and uh, individual sheets. It's kind of odd, though, because I got to tell you, there is a different finish to a lot of the, the uh, different colors in the pad that I have. Now, let me just mention those very quickly here, run down this list. It comes in a variety of different colors. They've got cream, fawn, craft, natural, pale blue, pearl gray, polar white, steel gray, warm white, white, and black. Um, some of those, it is a little difficult to tell the difference um, in these uh, colors. It's very, very subtle. Yeah. But I do like that it they, they do have these uh, base colors, and, and it's just a very light tint to uh, the paper. But I have noticed that some of them have a, a different texture. Mm-hmm. Now that may be something, maybe that has to do with the calcium carbonate that the paper is buffered with. I don't know. It, it you know, The rollers make sense to me, Lisa. Some of the, the uh, ways that uh, the sheets are being produced and the the deckling and and uh, everything else that goes into the paper making that process i'm guessing with some of the different colors perhaps is slightly different in certain cases and so maybe that's part of the reason for that i'm not sure it would be nice if they would talk about those differences, yeah. though. One thing I do want to throw like out, that. too, is I make it sound like if you're working in colored pencil, don't use the pad. It depends on the technique you're using. For yeah. my technique, I don't like it. For, like, yeah. artist Wendy like Lane. It. Wendy loves the pad but doesn't like the individual sheet. So she uses yeah. a completely different te- different technique than I do. And so the paper that she chooses is obviously different than what I like. So it's not, I just don't, I want to make sure I put that disclaimer out there. I don't want to make it sound like if you're working in colored pencil, don't use the pad. Completely depends on the techniques that you use, whether or not you'll like the pad versus the individual sheet better. Yeah. Now I do like the pad and I like the individual sheets. And I noticed also that the pads that I have of white are different than uh, even those colored uh, pads as far as the texture. Uh, and the finish is concerned. Uh, I was just noticing on their site that they also have a Stonehenge digital now. I guess it's certified to be used with HP printers. That's kind of interesting. The paper itself, though, you know, being designed for fine art, you have exactly what you would expect in a fine art paper. It's 100% cotton. It's a neutral pH. The applications for it is letterpress. Um, offset, pen and ink, pastel and charcoal, colored pencil, of course, relief printing, silk screening, uh, stationary, uh, watercolor, and hand lithography. It feels 
it, it's a 90 pound paper, but it feels as though it is flimsy uh, somewhat. Yeah. But then when you start using it, it can hold up to a lot of of um, wear and tear. I was and surprised You by can that. beat it to death. I yeah. wasn't expecting to like it when I first held it. I was like, uh, this is. Yeah. But no, it, it's good. Yeah, I mean it. It can hold up to a a lot of a lot of layers, a lot of erasing, um, a lot of um, uh, reworking. Uh, erasing and you can that use is solvents. one of my favorite things about that paper. Everything yeah. erases, even when I'm using my odorless mineral spirits, I yes. can still erase things. I can lift so much more than I can on any other paper. Yeah, I actually made a mistake um, on an eye one time and. Uh, on the the corner of the eye, and I looked back at my reference. Thought, oh, that is entirely wrong. I made that eye really tiny, and I went back and I had to even used some solvent. And I went back and I lifted nearly all of that off there. I still had a little bit on, and I reworked it, put more uh, layers on, and put. Uh, more gamsel on top of everything and you could not tell that I had even done that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was so amazing. Yeah, when I first tested it out, my first test was of a B. I airbrushed the background so I wanted the blurry background. The B was in colored pencil and I did a damask print for the bottom. So I I was testing three things there. Really? A damask print? Super clean edges. I know, you wouldn't expect that from me. Can't imagine. There was no teal though, so you know. No, really? Oh, that is odd. With the damask print, that gave me the chance to really test out those edges, the sharp point. The airbrush Mm -hmm. let me know how it was going to handle wet media and then, of course, the colored pencil. I found that the airbrush just worked. It it did warp the paper, but because it was taped down at the edges, went back into shape, no problem. Exactly mm-hmm. what I would expect from a quality paper. Right, so it handled right. the airbrush fine. And then with the one thing I didn't like with it, when I got to the damask print part, I wanted the very, very white, white background and then the black damask print. Try, I used my polychromos, trying to get those edges clean, trying to get the polychromos mm-hmm. into all the little crevices. Normally, I wouldn't use any solvent for that. It's easier just to kind of burnish for when I've done that print before. It really wasn't working for me well here. I had a very hard time. It took a lot more work to Covering get those edges the clean. Yeah. Oh, oh, gotcha. To yeah, keep them yeah. clean. And then the other yes. problem I had is how easily that black would smudge into the white, which I've not experienced because normally I do that on Fabriano Artistico. So yeah. it wasn't a big deal because I could yeah. erase it. So, the, but, you know. Yeah, but but yeah. you're right. That Fabriano Artistico, when I compared that, when I did a portrait on that and I compared that against what I typically, typically use, which is the Stonehenge, um, I, yeah, I felt like my coverage time was a lot. It, it, it didn't take as long to cover anything on the Fabriano. Um, when I go back to the Stonehenge, I'm like, wow, I really have to layer on a whole lot here. Yeah. Um, has that kind of that Yeah, especially kind just of with the polychromos. The oil-based pencils, it seemed like I had a harder time. Now, I use because I use odorless mineral spirits, it wasn't a problem. Once the odorless mineral spirits went on there, yeah. it pushed all of that pigment into the paper. Right in not a problem. Yeah. When I wasn't, that started to, to bug me a bit. With the, the wax-based pencils, I didn't have any problems getting the coverage I wanted. But with the polychromos, it took a bit more work. So that was kind of one of those, mm-hmm. eh. But again, because because I do blend with odorless mineral spirits, it really didn't matter in the end. What I liked was blending skin. Oh my gosh, smooth yeah. blending for a smooth background or for blending when I do the portraits. That is definitely, if I'm doing a portrait, I'm pretty sure Stonehenge is always going to be my go-to paper from here on out. The one thing I do have to do on this one, though, I use a lower tack tape when I tack tape the piece down. Oh, 
I, with Fabriano or Artistico, I could probably use duct tape, and I don't think that stuff would rip. I'm exaggerating. Don't use duct tape on your artwork. But, I mean, I don't have to worry huh, about how always... tacky the tape is with Fabriano, the heavier weight. With Stonehenge, I do have to be a little bit more delicate, be a little bit more careful when I remove the tape. The but... color is not tacky. <laughs> um, the other thing is it comes in so many different sizes, which I think is really awesome mm-hmm. if you don't want to cut it down. But they even come in this uh, 6 by 15 It's a really long strip. It comes in a – I think it's like a 6 by 6 No, a 5 by 7 yeah, there, there we go. So, yeah. I mean, it just comes in so many different sizes. And then you, of course, can get it in the uh, rolls. So if you – feel like you never want to run out of it for a lifetime you can get it by 50 by 140 yards <laughs> there you go have fun storing that <laughs> yeah really just want to say a quick word though about the tooth of the paper lisa and that is that one thing that i like about this type of paper and others like it is the random texture of the tooth sometimes called the you know referred to as the hills and the valleys um, because it, of that random texture, I think that makes it, again, ideal for portraits, and which is what I like to do, because you're not, you're not getting that checkerboard kind of look yeah. uh, to anything that you're doing. And I don't know, to me, that just makes a nice finish. And again, uh, you can get a lot of layers because of that as well. It, you know, another thing, and it sounds like a silly reason to like it, but when I have to ship something, if it's a large piece or if it's something that's going overseas, I will, with colored pencil, it's got to go in a tube because it costs an arm and a leg to try to ship something flat, uh, internationally anyway. Right. So right. with the Fabriano Artistico, I'm sorry, yeah. With Fabriano Artistico, which is the other paper I work on, that one is harder for me to roll, and I'm always like, oh, this is going to tear. It's so thick. The Stonehenge rolls into that tube so nice, and I never worry about it bending or having issues when I roll it up. Like, it's just... That yeah. seems like a weird thing to enjoy, to comment on. No, but when you've got to ship your artwork, I yeah. really do like how that rolls into the tubes. That makes sense. Although I've never rolled it. Interesting. I should try that, I guess. Yeah. Um, Only if I'm in if I ship within the US, if it's yeah. any if it's eleven by fourteen or smaller, I mat it and I ship it matted. So it's gotta go flat. If it's shipped internationally yeah, or it's bigger than eleven by fourteen on any sure. one dimension, then I'm gonna roll it into a tube just because I feel like it's a lot safer and less likely to be damaged in shipping. And then internationally of course it's just too expensive to ship any other way. I have gotten uh, some uh, creases in it uh, from time to time and some dents and that kind of thing. But they seem if you if you apply some water or solvent and and you work with it a little bit, it can work itself yeah. out. Yeah, that, I, I found that too. To, yeah, it's that kind was of actually one of my first experiences with it because the paper that my friend had sent me, some of it was damaged a little bit in when she the way she had shipped it, and mm-hmm. yeah, once I started I, working with it, it. You couldn't even tell that that had ever happened. Yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely one of my top two favorite papers. Yeah, I try to like other papers, and I try to be a little more uh, diverse and, and a little more inclusive and add some variety into my life but and move to some other papers, and it just doesn't work. Like I tried the Fabriano Artistico, and I try other papers, but I always come back to this paper. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just love it. it is, it's a very good, and especially with you doing portraits, that makes sense to me. Yeah, and anytime somebody says, well, you'll save a lot of time if you move over to this, you start doing this on this paper or this particular surface, um, I always, I'm tempted, I want to go try that, and I do, but I'm always using this as a baseline comparison, yeah. and so I'm a little bit disappointed because of that. 
Oh, look at this. It even comes in 2.75 inches by 3.5. Oh, wow. It's wow. Uh, is that the same size as those uh, artist trading cards? Is that right? Is oh, that it might are? be. Yeah, it is. 2.5. Okay, that's um, actually really cool. By 3.5. Yeah, convenient. yeah. That's kind of neat. If you want to draw like a finger or eyelash and I wouldn't mind no one can see it. those. <laughs> like a few videos, a like little studies of uh, like yeah. an eye or that would be kind of neat. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Okay, well, Lisa, let's talk for just a second then about where we might be able to get this online. I order mine from or in the like, store. .com, and I order the individual sheets. So these are the huge pieces, and it has always come because I know people get a little bit nervous about buying a big piece of paper, worried they're going to get one that's dented. Dick Blick does an amazing job of packaging them. And I actually store the cardboard that it comes in or that they ship it in. I keep it stored in that to keep them safe until I do need them. But I get the big sheets and then I just cut them down into four 11 by 14 inches. And that that's how I do mine. Yeah. But yeah, the, Dick Blick's always been great for getting big sheets of paper from. Yeah, I and I do the same thing with the, the cardboard that it comes in or that... Um, sheath or whatever that's called there I leave it in that it just makes it easier to store uh, until you use it and you can get it at the store I mean I have a dick blick that isn't all that far away from me and I can also get it at Plaza Plaza Art and it's so nice you just walk in Uh, there and say hey I would like a single fresh sheet of Stonehenge so that I can take it with me and I don't have to order that online and wait around for a week uh, while it comes no (laughs) But you can also get it on Amazon and check those prices because especially if you're a Prime member, especially the pads, you can get yeah, those a lot of times. Yeah, very inexpensively on Amazon. Yeah, and one thing a lot of people like about the paper is that it is not that expensive compared to some others. I mean, Fabriano Artistico, it's not an inexpensive. I mean, that's kind of one of the pricier papers. The Stonehenge is it averages like, like I'm looking at the site on Dick Blicks right now for 90 pound white a what's let's see for a 22 by 30 inch sheet of 90 pound white paper which is what i usually get it is 279 for each individual each individual sheet that's pretty inexpensive for a piece that big so it because it is so inexpensive this is another reason that a lot of artists like to start with this because it's a quality paper and it's not Mm going to cost quite as much as some of the others and the 9 by 12 multi-pad 15 uh, sheet pad is, let's see, sixteen sixty-eight, And on Amazon, it eight, it's eighteen sixteen. although you're not going to be paying shipping. So I wonder what that works out to. But yeah, comparable. Yeah. And um, if you are also, buying from Amazon, just a tip for those of you who do like to get your art supplies on Amazon, I always throw any art supplies that I'm interested in, keep them in your on a wish list. And watch the prices right. because they will fluctuate a lot over, That's I mean, true. from day to day. One it, one day it may be $10 more than it was the previous day, and then the price can drop again. So any art supplies, like Tombow Mono Erasers, if I'm going to need those, those are always in my cart. And so when the price drops, that's when I order. Yeah, and another quick tip for anybody out there that wants to watch those fluctuations. I don't want to get too far off topic, but you can go over to camelcamelcamel.com and you can have you can set up an account free and they can track the prices for you and get daily updates if you wish to do that. And That's it'll tell cool. you when it goes up or down. I've not That's used that cool. before. I may need to. Also, Cheap Joe's uh, has the paper as well and just a slightly different layout. You can kind of look at at uh, Have you ordered uh, from Cheap Joe's? There. 
Yeah, not in a long time. I have actually. every time I go to look there, I can't find enough stuff from them to they get don't free have shipping. As much, yeah, they they don't have I've as always much been supplies, disappointed in like. in their selection. Right. Right. And then there was one thing I wanted to order. It wouldn't tell you on the website how much the shipping for that item was going to be. It until was a mat cutter, cart. and they decided it was oversized. They weren't going to tell you until after you ordered it. Like, after you paid, they'd like. call you back with the shipping Oh, total. wonderful. I'm like, yeah, yeah no. So I haven't ordered from them. Um, I haven't been <laughs> yeah. real impressed with what I've seen so far. Yeah, and what is the other one? Um, Jerry's Artorama. Yeah, Jerry's Artorama. And now, I've known of people that had some problems with the paper with Jerry's, but they've always replaced it if there were any problems with it. Like, if it was dent or bent, um, Jerry's was always really good about replacing it. And I believe if you're in the North Texas area, Azel Art Supply, I know they carry the pads of paper. I don't remember if they carry the individual sheets, but they've got a little bit of a bigger variety than a lot of the other art stores in the area have. We don't have a lot of good art stores in the Dallas area. That seems so odd to me, me too. that you wouldn't have. <laughs> yeah. In Southern California, we had a lot of different ones. Well, when you got yeah. out towards LA and Hollywood, there were quite a few that we would go to. And here it's very sad. Okay, anything else, Lisa? Nope, I think we're good. If you guys would like to continue the discussion or you'd like to see any of the things we talked about in uh, written form, we take the notes for you. So you can head on over to sharpenedartist.com slash podcast and just type in Stonehenge and this podcast will come right up. And if you would like to join us over there on Facebook in the Colored Pencil Podcast group, just ask to be added to the group and we'll add you. And thank you very much for joining us again today, and we will talk to you again next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com. Don't know and can't pronounce. What is that? I don't know, but that was a pretty quick... What is that? Thank God for the internet, or I'd be stuck with prison colors forever. (laughs) It is an abomination, though, if you... Put Crayola pencils on this paper. I'm sure no one in our audience would do that, but just saying. Because I saw on one of those adult coloring. Oh, um, I'm like, sites. what are you? Why would you? On no, wait, take that back. I'm going to start that section over because mm-hmm. I'm actually using smoother, more natural look. No, you don't take that out because I'm not wording that well. Take that whole section okay. out. That's right. Okay.